Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live around the world, this is The Ryan Lindsay Show. Phone lines are open to speak with Ryan or any of his guests at 319-527-6702 or email Ryan. The email address is ryan at ryanlindsayshow.com. Now, here's Ryan Lindsay. Once again, broadcasting live from the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin, I am Ryan Lindsay, and along with my co-host Tamara Gleason, we have got a wonderful show for you this evening. We are going to be talking with Jamie Lerner. Uh, her book is entitled The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Uh, we're going to talk about spiritual healing and a lot of different other things. She's very diverse and well-rounded. We're going to talk about uh, a lot tonight. So uh, I noticed there's a couple of uh, callers on hold with their hands up already. Um, please know that uh, we're not doing psychic readings tonight, but if you have a question about spiritual healing or something along those lines, uh, we will certainly get to you uh, shortly. But uh, for tonight, we will not be doing psychic readings. Um, something I do want to mention is uh, the, the guest coming up in the next week here. Uh, of course, Jamie Lerner tonight. Padma Gordon will be my guest on Wednesday. We'll talk. Uh, she is a spiritual counselor. We'll talk about life, love, and relationships. And Matthew Ferry on Friday, the 23rd, will talk about his book, Quiet Mind, Epic Life. So a lot of good guests coming up in the next uh, few days. I hope you will join us. And uh, take a look for uh, on Facebook at uh, Ryan Lindsay Show. Um, you'll be able to uh, follow along there and get uh, information on guests past, present, and future. Of course, take a look at the website, ryanlindsayshow.com, uh, for updates on, uh, on guests there as well. Um, I want to bring you a couple of news stories here, some news stories that uh, you may not have heard anywhere else today. A U.S. company is offering fans of breakfast meats the chance to enjoy the scent of sizzling pork anytime they want a bacon-scented face mask. Hormel said the black label breathable bacon mask uses the latest in bacon smell technology to give the wearer the experience of smelling bacon anytime they don the COVID-19 protection accessory. Uh, Bacon fans can register to win a bacon-scented mask at breathable bacon dot com uh, another one here that i noticed uh, the makers of top ramen uh, noodles announced that they are seeking a chief noodle officer to get paid ten thousand dollars to help develop a new test uh, and test that is new ramen noodle super recipes uh, top ramen ramen manufacturer is seeking a chief noodle officer with a passion for noodles to help test out new top ramen recipes for the company. Interested candidates are being instructed to post photos and recipes of their own top ramen creations to social media. The winner receives $10,000 and a 50-year supply of various ramen products. (laughs) So 50 years, you're all set. And finally, employees at a library in Britain said a poetry book was recently dropped into the return box almost 60 years after its due date. The Middlesbrough Central Library said The Buried Stream, which is a poetry anthology by Jeffrey Farber, was returned to the facility's Dropbox earlier this month. Officials said the uh, book was 58 years overdue. 
with a listed due date of December 1962. They said the book would have accrued more than $650 in late fees, but fines are suspended at this time due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, so if you have if you have a 58-year-old library book, now is the time to uh, to return it because fines are suspended now. So you can <laughs> get that in now. Um, as always, I welcome my co-host to the show, Tamara Gleason. Tamara, how are you? Hi, I am good tonight. There's other news tonight. My parents have been married for 57 years. So oh. happy anniversary to Don and Renee. Yes, yes happy anniversary. Downstairs, as you know, as you know, uh, <laughs> COVID is changing lots of things, and I'm staying with mom and pop right now. So yeah. COVID is is keeping me from Nashville, but I'm here in the great state of Wisconsin where it sounds like we're going to get some snow. Again? <laughs> we had snow yeah, last week. We're supposed to get several it's inches. stuck around for we're the day. We're supposed to get several inches, yes. I, oh, wow. I, I, I've heard we're supposed to get several inches. It's a little bit early, but... Um, yeah, no, ramen certainly. noodles, Ryan. If if we were in, when we were in college, I think we could have uh, <laughs> definitely signed up for that. I think we lived on those things. <laughs> so great show <laughs> yeah. tonight. Oh yeah, Jamie Lerner. She's going to be fun. Uh, very very well rounded uh, background that she has. So uh, we're going to get to her in just a moment. I got to tell you about Friday's show last Friday with uh, David Oates. You missed it. Yeah. You were busy. I know. And it, it was very interesting. He was he was fascinating. But the delay that we had over Skype between here and Australia was at least five seconds long. <laughs> well, that and we interesting were, radio. It was interesting radio. <laughs> we, were, we were talking over each other all night, and I tell you, we never got uh, a rhythm with that delay. But, uh, the, uh, you know, it, uh, that's just the, the way it goes sometimes, I guess. Well, reverse speech. You know, retrograde. Mercury retrograde, you know, nobody wants to claim it, but if those things happen and you just roll with it, right? Yeah, you got, you have to. You have to, absolutely. I was born with Mercury in retrograde, so it, it should be good for me, shouldn't it? Isn't that the way that works? Well, well the knowledge <laughs> got out there, and that is what's good. So did you find any, like, revelation, like, you know, I know the I, – I, when I think of reverse speech, and I know it's all the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind, so I was very fascinated with that. I was sorry to have missed it. I did get to listen to a little bit of it. So was there okay. anything that stood out as fascinating to you? Well, fascinating was, I mean, we we, we did the, the current event stuff. We did a lot of Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden. Um, so there were a lot of those reversals in there. And, and they said some weird things, both forwards and backwards. So uh, it was interesting. But it was most interesting when we listened to uh, Patsy Ramsey. Remember the Joan Benet Ramsey uh, murder? Yeah, yeah. From, from years ago. Um, she... She had some very interesting reversals. And by the way, David John Oates, his website is reversespeech.com. So anybody who wants to uh, look up uh, look up that, then feel free because uh, it was a fascinating show. But Patsy Ramsey, also uh, Martin Luther King, he was speaking his I Have a Dream speech and basically said the same thing backwards that he said forwards. He was preaching wow. both backwards and forwards. It was amazing. It, it was amazing. So you could really tell what he was thinking at the time. Fascinating. So, yeah, that was, well, that that, was fascinating. Yeah. And remember, everybody, our our archives are up for, for our past shows. So it's just we've mm-hmm. had so many of them. I, 
friend had asked, oh, yeah. you know, when did you guys start this? And I'm like, gosh, I have to think back. September 11th was our first show already, Ryan. Where has the that time gone? Yeah, yeah, six weeks now. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, let's oh, get to our guest here. Yeah. Yeah, let's get to our guest. Jamie Lerner is the co-author of the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. She has co-created A Beautiful Family, received her Master's of Social Work from Loyola University, and has traveled the world exploring all types of spiritual healing modalities. As a therapist, Jamie has developed what she refers to as an integrative approach to well-being. Jamie Lerner is is masterful in her ability to assist clients in recreating a loving relationship with themselves. And very glad to welcome Jamie Lerner to the Ryan Lindsay Show. Jamie, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. So let's let's get right to it. We'll start at the beginning here. You, your your background is so diverse and so well rounded, and <laughs> and you you can you can talk about so much. I just have notes and upon notes here to of questions <laughs> to ask you. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. Um, when someone comes to you and says, "Jamie, my life just isn't going the way I want it to go. Why is this happening to me? What? How do you how do you get into the flow of things? What do you do at that point?" Well, you know, it's so interesting because you ask people all day long what they want and they tell you all day long what they do not want. And what do they have? They have what they do not want. So um, that's such an interesting question to ask people what they're wanting. And most people are not um, used to thinking or asking themselves, what do I want? But all day long, we are continually experiencing contrast and then attracting more contrast into our lives. So um, when people come to me and they stay with me, they step into the door of taking personal responsibility, which is a beautiful thing because it means that you can create the life for yourself that you want to have. Um, And and that's a pretty wonderful and powerful thing to be able to do for yourself, with yourself. So um, we talk a lot about contrast because people, and, you know, talk about contrast. There's so much contrast in the world right now. It's, um, right. it's almost overwhelming. It's a very challenging time for people and, um, and for humanity. So sure. what, go ahead. What is what would you say is the definition of contrast? How do we know? Um, contrast is pretty much everything and anything that you are experiencing and not wanting for yourself. So, um, you know, we um, experience so much contrast, even moment to moment. And I think that when we become to understand that we actually are attracting that into our experience because it is something different than what we are expecting or wanting for ourselves. So that's what contrast is. It's, um, it provides us with a wonderful opportunity then to understand like where we are with ourselves. And okay. so... Um, it, it, like it assists us in identifying our own desires for ourselves because we know then what we don't want. And now we can ask ourselves, well, what do we want? 
Mm-hmm. Now, and, this is the I, time. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this is the time we're in 2020 with COVID and, and everything going on and riots and, and um, people are really expressing their discontent uh, lately. In a time like this, when there's so much negativity going on, how do we stay positive? Well, it's a really interesting question. Um, and how do we stay connected to ourselves, which is so important? Um, you know, I think that managing our thoughts is key. And the way that I do that for myself is to really be mindful of how much news that I am watching or ingesting and which news I am watching or ingesting. Um, so how can we selectively sift through information and be disciplined enough to know that when we've had enough and we're starting to feel really down, that we can turn it off and we can find ourselves doing something a little more constructive and productive for ourselves. Because when we're disconnected from ourselves, we're not available to anybody around us. We, we can't be helpful to anyone. We're in, in like a constant paralysis. And, um, and I think that's that it happens a lot with people, and then they feel really stuck. So um, I think that would, that would be an important thing to do. Mm-hmm. So what However, do we do at that all, point? Well, there's so many positive things that are coming out of this. So mm-hmm. throughout all of this contrast, there's so much desire being birthed. You know? And I think to focus on some, the upside of everything. So how can we retrain ourselves to look at something that's negative but find the upside of it? And when we do that, there is always an upside. There is always something positive and wonderful that is coming out of something horrible and negative. So it's an, op- it's an option, but it has to be a conscious doing and undoing for ourselves. We have to take some personal responsibility and to understand that, you know, we want to feel good and we want to solve problems and we don't want to feel stuck and feel like we're the victim of our society or our world. Although some people Cameron? do. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I know there is a little bit of lag. Oh, absolutely. I think you bring up several key points, Jamie, with the fact that because there's just so much contrast, right, right now, that there are just so many creative opportunities we have to create something new, you know. Yeah, and I think we're doing it. I mean, it's it's just amazing to see how empowered people are feeling. And people are feeling very angry and frustrated, but they're really channeling that into something productive and constructive. So it's right. interesting time, right. that's for sure. Yeah, interesting to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why do so many people continue to attract the wrong types of people? I, well, I don't think there's any wrong type of person. <laughs> but okay, I, well said. I think we attract all kinds of experiences into our lives. And um, some experiences are th- 
things that work for us and some of them are things that don't work for us. And I don't think there's any good or bad. So the question is how can we attract um, more powerful experiences into our lives that assist us in creating the life we want to have? That would be, you know, that's like the ongoing question. So when we have all this contrast, we're in a lot of really bad relationships with people or unhealthy relationships with people. And part of it is because we're lazy. We're, we're, it's easy. It's um, something that's familiar to us. And even though it's not working, instead of asking ourselves with a sense of loving curiosity, you know, what is it that I really want? People just tend to go into relationships, doesn't work, they get married, they get divorced, they go into another relationship, it's pretty similar to the last relationship, that doesn't work, and they just, and, and they don't actually do anything different to, um, to change the pattern. And oftentimes people feel like they can't, which is really not true. It's they won't, which is okay. So I always say to people, if you're choosing to not change the pattern, at least take personal responsibility for it. Just say, you know, to yourself, okay, I suck at relationships. I keep attracting the same thing over and over and over again. I can do it differently, but I'm choosing not to. And I think there's a lot of power in that. I applaud people who can take responsibility and really own up to the fact that, okay, they're making a choice to continue to have a lot of negative relationships. No problem. Right. Or we can always do that. <laughs> right. Or you can shift. You can say, okay, this is so familiar to me. This is from wherever or whenever. And I don't really think it matters where it came from. If it was a pattern that we grew up with or, you know, it was came from family of or it doesn't matter. But what do you want? That's a big question. Like most people don't even know what they want. You mm-hmm. know what you don't want. What do you want? And once you know what you want, then your whole world opens. You know, it, it becomes very exciting to begin to think all the time about what you're wanting and how you can, moment to moment, just shift your thoughts to create more of that. Because what we think about is what we create. That's just that's one of the laws of the universe. Right. This is a conversation I wish I would have had during my days of, as a police officer. <laughs> um, because there are there are so many instances and calls that uh, police officers take where it's just a, a, a negative situation and and a negative uh, negative conversation is is happening. I can remember the number of domestic incidents I I re- responded to, and some of them were the the same people over and over again with different partners. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask, and I never did say, why are you attracting the wrong people? Because and I'm glad I didn't now, because there are no wrong people, but just people that that they need to uh, uh, learn to communicate with a little bit better. But this is a conversation I wish I would have had as a police officer. Definitely, Jamie. How do you feel <laughs> right now, if you don't mind me asking, um, as an ex-police officer with everything that's kind of going on in our, um, how we are interacting with people who are protesting and rioting and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. 
It's it's interesting that area um, with the rioting. Of course, I'm, I'm in a small town. I was a police officer in a fairly small town, so we didn't have really anything like that. But uh, it uh, it's interesting to to see how some people have rallied behind the police and other people have not. And to the point of putting signs up in their front yards. And, and now I, I, I see some things that do, oh, I, I didn't know that uh, you felt that way in the past. And it's just, there's such a divide going on right now that I, I, I didn't realize that we had. Um, so that, that's something that I would really like to see improve in the near future. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause because I think that um, police have a really tough job. I mean, yeah. um, it, it's it's not an easy time to be a police or a teacher or pretty much anyone who, you know, has a role in helping right now. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's complicated, very complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we could, as a society, learn to diffuse more instead of react. I think there's a lot of reacting going on that's not helping any situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully that will come out of all of this. Mm-hmm. How do how do we stay positive in like a, a work environment? Like you said, with the police or teachers, there's so many that are are trying to help right now, and there, there's so much negative negativity. How do we maintain happiness at work? Yeah, um, you know, happiness is um, a moment-to-moment choice, believe it or not. That's all it is. Um, and we can only do that for ourselves. We cannot make happiness for other people. We can create an environment that is uplifting when we are feeling uplifted. So I think that when we allow ourselves to tap into something that feels really good, like a thought or a memory or just something that feels good to us, then we are really helping lots of other people, just vibrationally, just being in their presence, even if we're not saying one single thing. Because people can feel someone who walks into a room that is feeling good. You know, it's like turning on a light. And vibrationally, I think we communicate a lot non-verbally with people all the time, either consciously or unconsciously. I mean, you can feel when someone who's very sad walks into a room. They don't have to say anything. And then, you know, they can experience someone who is very positive and very uplifting. And so, uh, once again, I think that um, for people in any helping profession, It's so important to nurture and nourish yourself so that you can feel good and that will help others feel good. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. I I think back again to my police officer days early on as a police officer, I, I remember thinking, Oh, I can handle any situation. I can make, make it right. And I, I'd go in and try to joke or try to lighten the, lighten the mood a little bit and that that didn't work as i got more experience i realized if i just go in and listen to this person then so many times i heard i heard oh ryan i feel better just talking to you (laughs) 
and I think well, I didn't say a word, and that that comes with with experience, of course. But uh, it, uh, it's something we all need, I think. But you also went into that situation open-hearted, not judgmental, very allowing, mm-hmm. and we call that like holding space for people. And that's another really important way to sit with people right now just to be with them and let them be who and where they are. And it's such a gift. It really is. Mm-hmm. However, you can do that for other people until you're feeling connected and good within yourself. And so that's the reason to do the work, I think. There's so much opportunity for growth and expansion in that department right now for all of us. I think we're kind of you know, so many of us, you know, family members that jobs were furloughed. And, I mean, it, it's taken us all up a little bit, you know, in one way or another. But, um, yeah, holding the space is, is something that is, can you express that or explain that a little more for Ryan? Because I use that term a lot and how we're holding the space for each other. Kind of explain to our audience what holding the space means. Well, you know, it's, it's called allowing. That's the term I like to use, where you are so clear about who and where you are that you are so comfortable in allowing another to be who and where they are without judgment. And when people feel that, it's, it's just a beautiful moment. It's, you know, nothing even has to transpire in terms of conversation or words or anything. People just feel that. They feel they're not being judged. They feel that they are with someone who is open-hearted. They feel safe. I think that's the best word. They just feel safe to take a breath and be who and where they are. Right. I, I think that was a good explanation. We are talking with uh, Jamie Lerner about uh, many different things, spiritual healing and allowing and uh, attracting the right people and staying, uh, keeping a joyous vibration in our lives. Take a look at her website. It's jamie-lerner.com, L-E-R-N-E-R.com. And, uh, Jamie, what, what will we find on your website? Oh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. A lot of stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there. Just like who I am and um, kind of what I do and how I work with people. I have like this great texting service that is is really it's wonderful. And um, uh, you know, there's podcasts and radio shows and it's just a lot of stuff. It's um, the nice thing about the website is when you go there, it feels good. Or it doesn't feel good. So people pretty much know right away, like, yes, I'm interested, or no, I'm not. So I like mm-hmm. it because then, you know, I don't waste anyone's time. They don't waste my time. It's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> it's good that way. <laughs> Tell me about the, the texting deal that you had. I read a little bit about that. That that's that's interesting. I haven't seen that in the past. Well, um, it it really it came about as. A um, request from a few clients, and it's interesting. It was pre-COVID, so I didn't exactly know how it was going to go over. But it's mm-hmm. um, it's called the Quickie. It's a lovely texting option, 
and it provides people with an easy way of checking back in with themselves in a moment's notice because it allows people to um, reframe their current thoughts and feelings so they get back on their merry way. They text me, and then I respond with a suggestion or an insight, and it helps people reframe the situation. But the beauty of it is is that there's this ongoing kind of manuscript for people to go back and look at, and they realize that they pretty much knew their own answers all along, and they were just using me as a conduit. So it really helps people trust themselves, know themselves, um, and because it's texting and not talking, it, it kind of um, is allows people to become a little more emotionally intelligent because they can't go on and on and on and on and on emotionally. So they really are kind of abbreviating what's going on in a more intelligent way, emotionally intelligent way, which I think is helpful for people who feel like they're drowning in a moment. Right. So um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, especially now yeah, that people... Yeah you know, don't really have privacy because lots of people are living together and um, home a lot and working from home. and So, yeah, it's, um, like it's an interesting way. <laughs> it's interesting yeah, and yeah, very like fun. That. Very fun. Yeah. I believe it. Jamie, well, that gets I, into... I, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Um, there is a little bit of delay. It's just a second, but it <laughs> looks like we're <laughs> not, a, you know talking over everybody but anyway no I, I would like you to discuss um you know as a hypnotist we talk about reframing and it's so important to have those those friends like you Jamie that um that understand how it comes out we don't aren't consciously aware of sometimes how we our speech patterns and how what we put out into the universe sometimes needs a reframe can you explain a little bit about the reframe because I think that's very important Sure. So, you know, I think that um, when people are feeling, especially if they're feeling, um, let's see, how can I say this? They're feeling like their life is a complete mess or nothing's working or, um, you know, people right now are out of work and they're very concerned about, how they're going to buy food. This is very real today. Um, right. And um, they're also feeling like that they don't really have any private time for themselves or space because people are living on top of each other. So um, we get so overwhelmed with how we're perceiving what is happening. And so how can we kind of unpack our perception? and reframe it in such a way that it feels better. Because oftentimes it's not the situation that's the problem, but it's how we're feeling about the situation that's the problem. So can we understand the situation and talk about it with ourselves and others in such a way that it's not going to change the situation, but it's going to feel better as we're talking about it? 
and by looking for the gratitude in it and knowing that this is just for a time, right? So it's just for yeah. a time. And I, I, I think that's a very good question. There is some beauty in this moment. Pretty much everyone's out of work. Like, you're not out of work. Everyone's out of work. I mean, right. and everyone is having, experiencing pretty much the same issues. There's never been a time that I can remember in all of my life where we've, we've kind of all been in the same place. We're kind of all in the same place together. And in a global kind of beautiful way. about that. We're supporting each other. We're understanding each other. There's, there's more compassion. And, um, and I think just overall love for one another because we are all in this together. Really are, so for sure. That's a reframe in itself that feels so much better than feeling like poor me and I'm the only one because mm-hmm. you're not. No, that's we are all definitely connected, and I think we're all feeling that right now. Um, a lot of creative solutions, like you said. Um, I've, I've definitely noticed the compassion and patience. Um, we're definitely been working on that, haven't we? There's been so many spiritual growth um, opportunities, I will say, of <laughs> mindfulness and patience and compassion and and uh, just that whole what you put out, you receive back, you know, that, that contrast you were talking about of when you – and I've, I've read studies of just people that meditate. The neighbors can feel the vibration, the higher vibration, of your energy when you walk into the store. So really what you bring, you know, to the table is, is what's going to reverberate back. But I thought it was interesting that Ryan was talking about coming in laughing, you know, sometimes and trying to bring humor isn't always necessarily the right approach. Right. But laughing is is so important. We need to laugh. It is. We absolutely need to throw ourselves on the floor and laugh, especially when we catch ourselves talking to ourselves the way we do because we would never talk to another human being the way we speak to ourselves. (laughs) The mind chatter is, it is just completely ridiculous. And at that moment when you catch yourself saying the worst possible things about yourself to yourself, please do throw yourself on the floor and laugh about it because it could not be less true. It's ridiculous. Really, those are those are the things that I remember the the, the longest. It's, if somebody else says something bad about me, it stays for a, a day or two or something, and I'll dwell on it for a little while. If I say it to myself, or if I believe what they said, and I say it to myself, then that lingers on and lingers on. Yeah, oh, but for when sure. you fact check it, it's not, there's could be like probably eighty ninety percent of it's not even true. And right. so these crazy stories that we tell ourselves because maybe someone told us that story about us, you know, I think at a certain point as an adult, and I ask people, please, as an adult, you know, look at whatever those memories are or old thought patterns are that you had from way back then. Look at them from your adult here and now perspective, and you will see and experience right. something very different. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, being divorced, um, it just makes me think of being divorced. You know, 
marriages, relationships don't always end that well, right? All of a sudden those things that, you know, those little chinks in the armor, you know, because we're all here. We're all humans working on each other, right? And uh, working on ourselves. So just those, those, those things, those words that, you know, towards an end of a relationship, right, that aren't always that uh, positive, right, even though it could have been, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, how do we get to bring that into the now? How do we, you know, how do we bring those, those things that people say or have observed about us or, you know, hurt us with, how do we bring that into the now and transmute that into something that was rather than what is? Because if you think about it, it has nothing to do with your now at all. Right. I mean, that was bad. I mean, that had a place then, but now, what is your life like now? Like, where would that even fit into your life right now? Right. So, you know, at the, at the point that we can actually understand that what people say about us or to us, most of it is just a reflection of the relationship that they're having with themselves, and they're just projecting onto us. So it doesn't have much to do with us. And when we're in such a good place with ourselves, we can sit there and listen to what someone is saying about us and understand that, and we can have compassion for them instead of becoming defensive. We can understand that, oh, my goodness, like, this person is really hurting, and they are lashing out in such a way. But the things they're saying, it's not even possible that those things have anything to do with me. Right. So right. there's real value when you create this long-term connected relationship with yourself because it allows you to be available and to assist others all the time because you don't take anything personally. Yeah, How about uh, right. guilt? If if we're on the other side of that and, and happen to be saying something to someone else and realize that wasn't the right thing to say, how do we keep from feeling guilty about that? Then the easiest thing, first of all, I think guilt is a self-inflicted emotion. So, um, but I think then to go back and to say to that person, you know what? I'm really sorry, like, that wasn't really very nice of me to say that. Or, you know, I'm not feeling very good about myself that I just said that to you. Because I think once you say that, there's something to feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that when people were, some people when they're raised in a very religious environment or you know, I have a friend who used to say, her mom used to say, you know, pack your bags, we're going on a guilt trip. You know, like as a joke. <laughs> but it was true, you know, it was constant. Uh, it was like, and at a certain point, you have to kind of laugh about it. But, you know, I think that we can either make ourselves feel guilty or we can be clear about what just happened in that moment and we can clear it up. It's a choice. So when we are feeling guilty or any other negative emotion, that is we are actually disconnecting from ourselves. Those are moments of disconnection that we are either creating or allowing. 
with ourselves. That's a choice. And the more you become conscious of it, the more you go like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm allowing myself to be disconnected right now. And that's okay. This is familiar to me. I'm not going to do anything about it. Or I can't stand this. This doesn't feel good at all. So how can I reconnect myself with myself? How can I hook myself back up to feeling good? And when you're feeling good all the time, you will not be able to stand being disconnected for very many minutes at a time. It just doesn't feel good. And you realize it's not necessary. So all of these moments are choices and very self-empowering. Sure. Tamara, go ahead. None of us want to talk over it. So I can just tell now we're all a little hesitant because we're being mindful of each other and trying not to talk over each other. I love that whole pack of guilt trip. Uh, Jamie, I came from, I come from a very large family. And I think everybody kind of, you know, you get incarnated in these little groups of um, teachers, you know, and uh, being from a large family, you know, we have that, you know, it, it's just, you know, everybody's got to get along, right? Everybody's seen we have a very, very close family, but that whole, you know, guilt and shame, you know, I, I think every generation tries to get a little bit better at that, don't we? But, you know, it's like you catch yourself because guilt and shame is a very low vibration, right? To yes, have within is. yourself or or to project onto another. And, you know, being from a very, you know, Scandinavian Norwegian family, I think guilt and shame, I mean, we joke about it. Fortunately, I have a very funny family. We can laugh about that type of, you know, that whole kind of, you know, pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. But, you know, each generation, I think we grow out of that. You know, for me, I'm almost 50, and I'm kind of growing out of that. Is that something, some of these emotions and, and things, is, are, are some of them what we grow out of as kind of a rite of passage? Well, yes, and I think you begin to make a conscious choice about it. You know, you decide that that doesn't really feel good and it's not working for you. So how can you do it differently? The other thing I like to remind people of is, you know, if someone asks you to do something and you're not really ready to say yes, then say to them, let me think about that and get back to you. Because that's a really nice way to allow yourself to think about it without saying yes to something that you don't really want to do. When we say yes to something we don't want to do and then we do it for someone, we're resentful. And that does not feel good. It doesn't feel good to you, and it's not going to feel good to the other person. So it's it's not, it's like a lose-lose. But when we give ourselves a moment to think about what someone's asking of us, and it's something that we decide that we do want to do, and we do it, it feels good to us, and it feels good to them in the receiving of how we are doing it for or with them. And that's a win-win for everybody. Right. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, we we can take a few moments to to think about something before Mm -hmm. we say yes. Or Or no, for that matter. There's some people that just say no to everything. And and that's fine. You probably wouldn't want those people to do anything for you anyway, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
this, this reminds me of a conversation I was having um, with my sister and her friend this weekend about, you know, in relationships and romantic relationships, um, talking about our husbands when they really don't want to do something. Um, you know, my ex-husband, they'll, they'll kind of string you along. Right. And with good intention, you're like, yeah, they're totally into it. They're going to go to the, you know, the ball or this dance or this concert, you know, or this play or they're really into it till closer, closer, closer. And then, yeah, no, I don't want to do it. Well, why didn't you tell me I got my hopes up? <laughs> you know, Ryan, Ryan, have you ever done that to Jen? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course but, you, you know. have. <laughs> but, but, uh, but what if we what if we told people like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like never just say yes because you think I want you to do something or a wish. Just do it because you really want to do it. If you really were in a relationship with someone and you said that to them and they really felt like they had the choice to like decide to go or not to go, and it wasn't just because you wanted to, them to go or to do something, they would have a totally different attitude about it. Right. So when you yeah, let people that. off the hook to make you happy and you say, I'm responsible for my own happiness, and if you'd like to go, please come. It'll be fun. If you don't, please don't. You will mm-hmm. see an amazing shift in people's attitudes and what they're going to choose to do either for and with you for themselves. Right. Yeah, that's, well, that, that, you know, sometimes. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I was going to get into communication in, in the home and, and with, with your partner. Um, what, you've given some examples here, but what are some good ways to keep good communications with a partner? I think that for each person to understand they're responsible for their own happiness would be really good, which means that if, you know, if I know that I need to go to the gym in order for me to feel good throughout the day, then I'm going to go to the gym instead of not going to the gym and then blaming you for why I'm unhappy and didn't go to the gym, which happens all the time. I mean, people blame each other all the time for not doing what they wanted to do for themselves and making the other person feel like it was their fault. It's like craziness. So take personal responsibility. That is how good communication occurs. And nurture yourself. Take care of yourself instead of expecting someone else to take care of you. No one's going to take care of you. Take care of yourself. Be your best self. Let your partner be the best self so that you can co-create some amazing relationship. Two people coming together who feel good to create something that feels even better. Right, for sure. Definitely a good time for that, right? Yeah, <laughs> when you're not feeling good, excuse yourself. You know, instead of, you know... <laughs> walking in, being in a bad mood, blaming your partner for this, that, and the other, and then being mad that your partner isn't asking you what's wrong. That happens all the yeah. time, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can think of examples. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, yeah. Well, and you've been married a long time, Ryan, and I congratulate you on that. How many years is it now? 26 years. 
26 years of compromise. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we are we are funny little humans, aren't we? The male-female dynamic is definitely, um, we're all finding our balance, I think, through this COVID. Don't you believe, Jamie? We're all finding that masculine and feminine within us, for sure. I do, and I think we're renegotiating our relationships during COVID, too, because you know, people are together a whole lot more than they would probably choose to be and for different reasons. So, right. um, yeah, I think the conversations are, um, are are really different right now than they have been. And, um, yeah, but interesting times, that's for sure. Yep, yep. Our, our needs are different. And, I mean, with the economy and everything, um, you know, anytime financial, you know, First of all, we have the the fear of being on the planet, right? Our fear for our lives, so to speak, projected out into the into the airways, as well as you know our our protection. Not everybody has family. I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I know I have a roof over my head. What kind of advice do you give to people on on how to project that positive attitude to be open to receive some solutions or creative? Um, opportunities for growth, abundance, joy, when, when you are so low? What, what kind of advice do you have for pr- bringing people up to a more optimal level of being open to receive creative ideas or solutions? Well, I think that um, it's important to remind people that they're worthy. They are so worthy of mm-hmm. the love of others and their own love. You know, that's really where it starts. So, you know, when we can begin to do just small, nice things for ourselves when we're feeling so low, once again, how can we nurture ourselves and nourish ourselves? And it's not big things. It's just little things. Appreciate ourselves. Acknowledge ourselves, especially in moments when we're feeling so low. Those are the times that we have to rally with ourselves and for ourselves and get into nature. It helps so much if you can go take a walk somewhere where there's like some grass and some trees and some flowers and, you know, pet your dog if you have a dog. Be around small children if you can be around small children and they are constantly in need. So go to a park, watch children play. You know, there are so many ways that we can kind of um, distract ourselves and have some joy. You know, eat some ice cream. Just Simple things that, you know, are ways that we can just say, yeah, like, you're so worthy. Oh, for sure. I did that this morning. I I had an opportunity to watch my 10-month-old niece. And, you know, it's on a Monday. It was, you know, a daycare um, mishap, so to speak, where times and stuff weren't working for my brother and sister-in-law that they needed a, a babysitter this morning. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's kind of, yeah, yes, I do want to do it because, oh, what a treat, you know, that just that, that feeling of holding just pure joy, you know, that yeah. feeling of, yeah. it's been a long time, I have a 23-year-old, and just that pure innocence, and she looks very similar to me because I look a lot like my brother, so it was very inner child healing for me to see nice. that, you know, 
at one time I was this pure and precious and sweet and dependent on people, right? Yeah. So that's really <laughs> an observation of self and just, oh, just, yeah, it's like hugging a puppy, you know, it's just, there's just such pure joy in it. And nature, yeah. I think that's a very, very good reminder for us all, especially now that the snow is flying. I'm thinking about investing in snowshoes, Ryan. What do you think? Oh, my. Do you get yeah. out much in the winter here? <laughs> I don't. Not as, <laughs> not as much as I should. I'm trying to more, though. So, yeah, that'd be something that uh, that's a good idea, actually, snowshoeing. Where where are you located, Jamie? What um, I'm in, in a suburb of Chicago, but I oh, actually dear. live on 17 glorious acres. So oh, I am really blessed to be you know, just in the midst of nature. And it's it's a beautiful thing. But we do not use the S word. We, <laughs> we do not. We, we, I mean, we use the S word, but not that S word. Not the no word. We just. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not you ready. You guys have it in your. Well, not we are just yet, in the I'm Midwest. Oh my God, I'm not no, ready. none of us are. None of us are. <laughs> Well, and, and, and that's a sacred time when you live in such a cold climate, you know, and we did yeah. have, you know, I've been kind of giving myself this emotional pep talk because usually, generally, we get our summer loving, right? We get our, our you know, freedom to explore, but we're used to having six months of lockdown pretty much a year in the colder climates or at, at least yeah. a slowdown. I'm really just working on, you know, setting myself up to like, you know, be if if not more out in nature this winter than That's I wonderful. ever have before That's because wonderful. I I think we need that physical you know exercise and new things more than ever for our mental health. Yeah. What do you think of that? I I think it's good and I think you should definitely get the snowshoes then. Definitely. Well, I hope to be back in Tennessee, but I think I'm going to be tromping around in snowshoes out, out in. We do have a beautiful walking trail right by my parents here, but I am going back to Nashville in, in late uh, middle November for to check out a place, but I, I don't believe I'll be moving there. But, you know, it's beautiful there still. I don't know. The yeah. older I get, the, the more it's like we have to get more creative. And, and we can, you know, learn new things. Even our brain is always learning, isn't it? I think that's really important. Like, I love mm-hmm. that you said, we get lazy, don't we? Isn't that the truth? Well, like, we I don't want to learn more. <laughs> but, but I, you know, it all is a moment. Just one moment to the next moment to the next moment. And if we can think about our lives that way, it slows everything down and it feels so much more manageable. Because if one moment sure. doesn't feel good, that doesn't mean that the next moment can't. It's just, you know, one moment and the next moment and the next moment. Very well and said. Very well said. Yeah. Yep. Jamie, uh, tell me about uh, the book, The Ever-Loving Essence of You. Okay. The Ever-Loving Essence of You is um, it's a little gem. It's, um, I've read the book a million times thinking what could we change in this book, and the answer is nothing. Um, you can open the book to, at any page and read any little thing and then go on to any other page. And, um, 
I think it's just um, little reminders of everything that you already know and have forgotten. So um, the interesting thing about the book is that it came from, um, I had a very uh, disconnected relationship with my mom, uh, probably from the moment I was born. I was very connected to myself and had almost no connection with her and spent pretty much half my life trying to figure out, like, how could this be that I am so connected to me and yet disconnected from the person that brought me into this world? And um, it, it did. It, it took me half my life to figure it out. But I did figure it out. And when I did, it was at the time that um, she was uh, hospitalized and intubated in the ICU. And um, I sat with her um, for five days, felt all the love flow through her to me. And thought, oh, my goodness, this is the beginning of our mother and daughter relationship. And then she transitioned. But what I realized was that the reason that I could not feel the connection with my mother is that she was never connected with herself. So after she transitioned, I sat down with a very good friend of mine who knew my mother well, and this book poured through us. And um, it really, all it is, it's a wonderful reminder of how you can create and recreate a long-term connected relationship with yourself. You know, I I think again in my uh, my own experience, um, the the story you just told with regarding you and your mother and the relationship, it sounds exactly like my mother and her mother, their their relationship, and it just towards uh, the end they seem they felt like they were getting a little bit closer, but then, you know, the the moving on happened. Um, so this is this is a book I think I'm I'm going to need to get for my mother. <laughs> Definitely, oh, I think I she'll find a she'll. <laughs> she'll find a lot of uh, she'll find a lot of good things in that. Oh, Tell me about that, the. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask Jamie. Tell me about the website again. Um, oh, the web address. The web, yes, the web address and what we can find there. Okay, it's www.jamie-lerner.com, and you can find everything there. You won't even really need to connect with me after you go to the website. It's all there for your pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. I make it very easy for people. <laughs> we like it simple, you know. Sometimes it gets it too heady. It, it is. The simplest simple. solutions many times are, you know, don't worry, be yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jamie, this has been such a fun conversation. Your 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 smooth and and soothing voice. <laughs> you know, I just oh, I just love it. No. <laughs> I felt Thank you so much often. for having. <laughs> Thank you, you guys so are, much. You guys are really fun. Thank you again. I oh, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great Thank night, you. Jamie. Thank you. Good night, Jamie. Good night, Ryan. And once again. Take a look at RyanLindsayShow.com for more information about guests past, present, and future. And take a look at Facebook, Ryan Lindsay Show on Facebook. And like the page, too. Many of you have so far, but we need more. Coming up on Wednesday, Padma Gordon will talk about uh, life, love, and relationships. That's happening on Wednesday's Ryan Lindsay Show. We'll talk to you then.
Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Ryan Lindsay Show. Visit RyanLindsayShow.com for more information about The Ryan Lindsay Show.